Hi, I'm Nikki Schrera, and you're listening to The Jazz Session, the original jazz interview podcast. This is episode 583 for the 19th of January, 2022. Mirna Bogdanovic hails from Slovenia, but now calls Berlin home. I can't remember how I stumbled upon her music, but it was love at first listen, and I'm not alone in my reaction. Mirna's debut album, Confrontation, was awarded Debut Album of the Year by the Deutsche Jazzpreis in 2021, and she's making a name for herself with her finely honed songwriting, inventive arranging, and truly contemporary vocal approach. Here is our conversation. He was to let go Hi, welcome to the Jazz Session. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to chat to you. And right off the bat, I want to congratulate you on your recent prize. You won Best Debut Album of the Year by the Deutsche Jazzpreis. How's my pronunciation? That's perfect. (laughs) I didn't know you speak German. (laughs) Flattery will get you everywhere. The Deutsche (laughs) Jazzpreis, it's very prestigious. How would you describe it? So the prize is new. It was basically um, started this year. But before that, there was another prize that was called Echo Jazz. And uh, they stopped it for a few years. And this is kind of like now the new prize in Germany, like the main uh, jazz prize. But they have different categories. And this year, I mean, because they launched it, it was kind of mostly only German acts, but they also had a few international categories. Okay, that's amazing. What does it mean to you to get that sort of recognition? Yeah, I mean, a lot because it it's my first album and, you know, you're kind of still insecure and trying to find your way and thinking like, Oh, is this good enough? And, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden I get a confirmation that I actually did something right. 
Well, I must say it's a tremendous debut album. I, I can hardly believe that it's your debut because it's so self-assured and there's such a strong sense of what you want to say musically. I think it's really astounding. And, you're, and the listeners will hear that as well with all the music that I'm going to play throughout this interview. So for folks who don't know you, you grew up, you were born and grew up in Slovenia. I was born in Bosnia in Sarajevo. Ah, my dad, okay. uh, my dad is from there. And then the war began in '92 uh, when I was two years old, and then we we moved to Slovenia, where my mom's from. Okay. And at what age can you tell us a little bit about how you got into music or how you got into jazz and how you decided to eventually move to Slovenia? I don't know if you went straight to Berlin or if you went to Austria first. And tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up uh, as a classical uh, piano player. So I started playing piano when I was seven. And then that was my path for a really long time. Uh, part, partially because um, there's not a lot of jazz in Slovenia. For example, you can't even study jazz in Slovenia. I think now they're going to change that slowly. But at the time, I was only like, if you want to play an instrument, it's classical music. So, uh, and my parents never really listened to jazz, but my dad, he plays guitar and he sings. So there was always mu like music at home, uh, but he's doing more uh, Balkan rock music. So yeah, that was around me all the time. And then sometimes I sang with him. So I kind of, you know, I got encouraged to do that when I was younger. And then whenever we went, on holiday, there would be friends and my dad would be, you know, playing guitar. Everyone would sit in a circle. And uh, it was this kind of time uh, when people actually knew the songs, you know, it's kind of like a period in this ex-Yugoslavia where there were a few bands that were super popular. So, uh now you can't find that anymore if you go on holiday and someone has a guitar and you have five people like oh, which song are we gonna sing like no one knows you know any lyrics by heart but at the time it was very common so yeah and then there was always at least one song where I would sing with my dad and everyone was like oh my god that's great so yeah anyway uh but I was still mainly a piano player and then I I sang in a few rock bands when I was a teenager and but still kept on playing piano. And then when I had to apply for universities, I went and I did like loads of entrance exams because I wasn't sure what I wanted to study. And, and so I still like did an audition for piano. And then I got in, in Ljubljana, which is the capital of Slovenia. Uh, and I decided, okay, I'll give it a go. But I wasn't really sure I wanted to be a piano player, especially not a classical one. And at the same time, I was already taking lessons in jazz and I went to a few summer schools and yeah, so I tried, tried a few entrance exams, but I had no idea about jazz at the time. So I got into a school in Austria, which was like a preparatory study year. So this was my first study year was basically doing the main study in Ljubljana and about two hours, like over the border, there was this little town with a little school and I started my jazz lessons there and then uh, after a year that was too much so I decided okay piano is not gonna work it's too much you know so I yeah I quit that 
and I moved to Austria. And then I spent two years in Austria where I studied singing and uh, started to prepare for Berlin because I always wanted to live in a big city. But I knew that the school was very good and I had a lot of work to do. So I, re I really wanted to like prepare myself well for the entrance exams. And then, yeah, and then after two years, I got into the school. And since then, I've been here. Wow. And, and so how many years in Berlin? Uh, almost, almost nine. That's amazing. They say that if you've been in a new place for, I think, well, I thought it was five years, but I think a decade, it definitely makes you an honorary member <laughs> of that place. Yeah. Um, and how's your German? Fluent? Yeah, it's fluent, but I'm still finding excuses to, to not speak German, <laughs> you know, because my, my English is still better and, and I have a, a British boyfriend, so that's not okay. Not helping. Still, but still, my, my German is pretty good. I just have, that's to, impressive. have to force myself to use it more. You were at Jazz Institute Berlin. Yes. And what was your time like there? And had you been to Berlin before to visit, before you moved for school? No. But I've heard so many great things about it, and I was, and I heard the school was so great, and the the professor for singing. Uh, now she retired, but at the time, I mean, uh, she was teaching there when I started, and she kind of made a name for herself. Her name is Judy Nemec, and she wrote also a few vocal jazz books. So she's a uh, otherwise from. Where is she from? Somewhere in the U.S., but she lived in New York for a very long time. Um, yeah, so somehow I just wanted to go there. I also knew it was kind of like an affordable city. Mm. It's still an affordable city, but it's, you know, changing. So what was your time um, at the Jazz Institute like and learning with Judy? Because I think a lot, of, a lot of jazz vocalists will be very familiar with her both as a musician and also as you say as an educator because she's penned a lot of books about vocal improvisation um so what was that experience like for you yeah it was great I mean she is a very great musician and a singer and uh I've learned a lot from her also because I really wanted to focus on the tradition when I started at in Berlin I wanted to uh learn all of the things that she's so great at um yeah but then in between I also you know at our school after two years you could uh switch the main professor and go to let's say the base professor wanted to uh so I did have a semester with Kurt Rosenwinkel and then I also had uh a year with Greg Cohen which is a double bass player. And that was also amazing. So all of these uh, people really brought a lot to my just musical language. I'm breathing through these changes, moving with you.
obviously like the scene in Berlin because you've you've stayed there after school. Is it is it what you expected? I I forgot what my expectations were at the time <laughs> because so many things changed and were different. So I kind of adapted to the situation. Um, but yeah, I still like Berlin. Like I I found the people I like playing with and. Uh, there's so many different scenes and so many different genres within jazz. Uh, so you can, you know, decide what you like the most and, and move in those circles. But yeah, it's like in music, when you start studying somewhere, you get to know so many people. And then you, over time, you get more connections and um it's difficult to just move somewhere else once you've kind of like built something like that because then you have to start all over again and that's why it's not really an option for me right now. Is there much of a jazz scene in Slovenia? Yeah, there is a jazz scene in Slovenia, especially I think now more and more because now they even offer uh, like a jazz department at the music high school in my hometown, which is the second biggest city, but the whole country is like 2 million people. So not a lot. And tradition was never really there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there is a jazz scene, but there's not a lot of opportunity and a lot of money. And because there's the scene is so small, there's not a lot of diversity. And this is what I'm trying to, uh, you know, avoid in a way. Yeah, well, I think you just have to go where the the not the biggest scene is, but there has to be a scene and it has to also fit what you have to offer musically. Um, yeah, I have the feeling that then the music doesn't develop in many different directions because there's so little people there that they're kind of, you know, what's cool for these people or then is then influencing all of the rest. So there's kind of like a very similar direction in music. Um, so, yeah, that's just what, what happens in a smaller cities all around the world absolutely just wondered I was suddenly was struck by the fact that I was like I don't know much about what's happening in Slovenia in terms of jazz uh, and I'm sure it'll change over over time because I know there are a lot of you know smaller cities that do develop yeah. these jazz communities and it's really interesting because you have traditional music sort of um, being brought into the jazz mm. language so it could be interesting yeah, but I mean, now a lot of because I mean, all of the people that studied uh, jazz, they had to go abroad okay. to study jazz. And then a lot of people come back. And of course, that's also a great uh, influence to move uh, jazz into new directions, which is good. Well, I yeah. wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to cover how you got to this point for people who are not familiar with you or your music, which will change after this. But let's, Let's chat a bit about your amazing debut album, Confrontation. So I think a good place to, to start and asking you about it is the way that you see the voice as an instrument. And I'm going to read 
something from your press release, well, not your press release, the press release from the album, which you said that in instrumental concerts, I often feel like it's missing a voice. At the same time, I often feel a little overwhelmed by the voice in vocal concerts. I said to myself, let me find a way in which I can feel content. And I thought that was really interesting because what you're striving for is to balance, I guess, your ideal placement of the voice and the vocalist. Uh, so can you can you expand a bit on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I really, I always really loved um, instrumental music and I still listen to that a lot. Um, but at the same time, of course, also vocal music. And sometimes it happened, I would go to, a, as you said, I would go to a concert and I would see an hour of a vocalist performing and it was, it's just always the same role, you know, the singer is in the front and all of the attention goes to the singer. And then uh, the band is like kind of supporting the singer, which is of course a natural thing to do, but I wanted to break this cliche in a way because honestly, like the voice takes like so much attention when you're singing, you know, even if you, you go to a concert and you see a band playing and then there's this instrumental part of the song and people start to chat and not pay attention. And then all of a sudden the singer starts singing and it's like everyone just stops what they're doing and just look at the singer and listen, you know, which is amazing. But at the same time, if you have so much of that throughout a concert, then like you listen to one set and you kind of... Um, full of it you know what I mean there's a very similar sound going on so I wanted to have a more diverse colorful um, arranging in my song so that there's enough space for all of these things and so that the the singer can also take the role of a sideman in a way and I also think that it's a pity that most of the time uh this, the singer is always like the leader of the band, but very rarely a sideman, which is which is a little bit of a shame because I think um, voice can be so versatile and can also replace a saxophone, maybe not in fast lines and virtuosity, but still it can bring so much to a instrumental constellation. I completely agree with you. I often think it's a pity that it doesn't occur to a lot of people to use a vocalist as a sideman yeah. because they don't see it or hear it often enough. And every time they do, I'm sure they think, oh, this is really interesting or the texture of, you know, the, uh, the voice and a saxophone or the voice in a trumpet or the voice in the piano in unison is so interesting, but it just hasn't picked up enough that that people think it doesn't, I just think it doesn't occur to them because they don't see it or hear it enough. And it's just, it is a pity. Are there vocalists that you, that you listen to or like where you feel like they managed to get that balance right? Yes and no. Who, who have I been listening to? I mean, for example, Gretchen Parlato, she's great. And I think that she also kind of, I mean, she, I, I love her music. And the, what she does with it is also interesting. But for example, she's also on the an album of Gerald Clayton. And 
that is kind of an example, a little bit of that, because he, he does use voice um, in his music, which is nice. And I don't know who else. Now I've lost all of my <laughs> references. Yeah, but it, but but it does kind of show how infrequent it is. Um, and it's actually funny because you're you only have yeah. one cover on the album. It's all originals, but the one cover is Rain. Can you chat a little bit about um, including that? How you choose if you're going to choose a, if you're going to include a song that's not one of your own original compositions? Why? How do you choose that song? Um, I think it was also it had to do with does this song have um, somehow a harmonic opportunity? You know what I mean? Or somehow uh, space for something new? It's not you can I think I mean you can really arrange any song I would say and if it's if it's a very complicated complex form or melody or harmony you can still make it maybe a bit more simple and do it in a different way so the chords become a little bit more simple but in my in my case I what I did with the song was I uh, wanted to bring maybe a little bit more harmonic richness to it and just make it a little bit more jazz in a way but it's still kind of like a groove song um so yeah I mean I always liked this song and I I love to sing it so I was like okay I want to have a cover on my album I don't know why but I think it's kind of cool because uh it's also people know it maybe and then you know what I mean in a way also this factor but it wasn't the main reason why I did it yeah well, I should say as well, it's, it's Rain is by Jaco Pastores. And who wrote the lyrics? The song was uh, recorded by this um, vocal group called Sister with, Sisters with Voices. And uh, a songwriter, which I also now don't remember his name, but it, I have it written somewhere. Um, basically, he took this hook and then uh, made like kind of developed a new melody with lyrics to it. So he kind of expanded the song with a backing line of Jacopo stories. So, uh, but yeah, the song, you can check it out uh, on YouTube or Spotify or whichever platform you like. Uh, Sisters with Voices, S-W-E, Rain. And I took that and then arranged it. Because in fact, your treatment of that reminded me in a in a positive way. It can be annoying, I think, when people say, oh, especially for singers, oh, you sound like this person, or it reminded me of the singer. But the treatment of it and the sort of just the general atmosphere of it, it did remind me of Gretchen in a in a lovely way. <laughs> yeah, because I mean she did also a cover of a SWV song called Week. Week. Oh, okay, I see the connection. And that's the same band. Yeah. Sometimes it's soft as the misty rain that gently touches my soul. It cools the fire that burns in me, and I simply lose control. 
Hi there, jumping on here quickly to tell you how you can best support the jazz session if that's something that piques your interest. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support and enthusiasm of listeners who enjoy these interviews so much that they decide to become Patreon members over at the Jazz Sessions Patreon page. If you head to thejazzsession.com slash join, you'll be redirected to Patreon, where you can find out about the different levels of membership and what they give you. Different perks, mini episodes, monthly bonus episodes. So head to thejazzsession.com slash join to find out more about becoming a Patreon member today. If you don't want to become a member over at Patreon, then please do feel free to rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That helps with the visibility of the show. It helps other folks who enjoy jazz and interviews with jazz musicians find the show. And I really appreciate the vote of confidence. You can also tweet Facebook and Instagram about the show or about any episodes that fill you with delight. Now, back to the interview. Although you strive to have the vocalist be a much more dynamic member of an ensemble and a much more dynamic presence on the bandstand, you have included two other singers on this recording um, for beautiful harmonies and layered vocals, and it's a beautiful effect. Can you talk a little bit about them and your other band members? Because you also have flute, clarinet, and there's a lot of very effective electronics electronic production? Uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, arrange for voices because it started already while I was studying. It was, I don't know, I wrote this song, Cold Lake. And um, yeah. I love that. I think it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it was like a uni concert and everyone had to bring something. And so I wrote this song, which sounded a bit different in the past. But uh, we already sang it there. And this is a long, long time ago. And then I was like, okay, well, I like to write for voices. Also not in this typical, let's sing a, a major chord, but more uh, maybe in a counterpoint way. Um, so yeah, then I, I decided to book a tour before we went to the studio and realized Okay, so I have singers on three or four songs. And if I want to take them on tour, i rather uh, have to arrange some more songs for the singers. So then I added some more voices to this. So it was kind of like a, a gradual, maybe even spontaneous development that I ended up um, arranging so much for the voices. Um, and yeah, uh, the band members, they're most of them I studied with. So we're friends and yeah, I wanted to have them on the album, but I also asked a producer, his name is Vanya Slavin to play the saxophone. And he's the guy who also played flute and clarinet and all of the woodwinds. And Vanya is a, a little bit older generation. Uh, he also lives in Berlin and we all know each other from gigs and projects and but yeah I always loved what he did and and in the past years he really started also working with electronics and producing stuff so um, it was two people in one you know 
because uh, yeah, because I was so new with the whole recording an album thing, I I needed someone who was a little bit more um, experienced, and he has a lot of experience with that. So I asked him if he would wanna you know play in the band, but at the same time, uh, when we were preparing for the recording session, to maybe you know give me an opinion of what he thinks and maybe we can change a few things if you know they're not working out so he was a great producer in that way and then when we went to the studio he also had loads of great ideas and uh, I mean he's an amazing saxophone player and uh, yeah then after everything was recorded we did the post-production which was working in Ableton and, and adding layers or taking out different instruments from what we've recorded and replacing them with uh, electronic elements. Gosh, that's very smart, Mirna, I think. I think a lot of people, if they're recording their first album, they wouldn't think to have a presence like that, both for production in studio and afterwards. Because there is, there's so much to learn. Yeah, I'm always, yeah, always left surprised by how much there is to learn, even for people who've done it several times and have a lot of studio experience what are some of the things that you learned that surprised you or takeaways that you'll use for the next album I don't have like a proper examples but I would say yeah maybe make it a little bit more simple because before <laughs> some things were just maybe a bit too complicated at the time but yeah, also from just, you know, production on, on, in Ableton and so on, I've learned a lot. But And that's why I also started to, to take lessons in that. And uh, maybe one day I can produce my own album and I don't need to be dependent on any man anymore, you know. <laughs> It'll happen. I believe it. I believe it. Have you started thinking already about your next album? Yes, I actually have. Uh, we don't have a, a date just yet, but we are aiming for January. Okay. And it's going to be a different lineup this time and a different producer. Um, but really great plans ahead for sure. And uh, yeah, I, I cannot tell you all the details, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm riding towards that. I actually have uh, three quarters of the songs finished. Um, I still I have to work on certain arrangements, but yeah, if I don't have a deadline, I'm very good at forgetting. I have to do something so that's why I'm just like okay let's just do this and then maybe it will get released in the next two years or so because everything just takes so long talking how is that so hard guilty conscience pressing on her mind create illusion where you find yourself living isolated
the single that you released recently, your cover of Dance Me to the End of Love. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because it's completely different to Confrontation in a great way. <laughs> Thank you. Well, actually, this was the first song um, I actually recorded on my own because, as I said, I'm taking um, music production lessons uh, from a friend. Uh, she's also an amazing singer, producer. Her name is Matilda Ab Abraham, and she's from Australia, but lives in Berlin now. And she really knows what she's doing in these programs. So I'm still taking lessons from her. And so while I was preparing uh, for the recording of my first album, I had a crowdfunding campaign to find some money to be able to pay for all of the costs and um, my dad joined the campaign and there was an option to order a cover of a song and then he chose that so he paid for it and then he told me like hey, I want this dance me to to the end of love so I was like, yeah, okay. And then I didn't do it forever because actually it's really a lot of work to do something like that. So I was like, yeah, yeah, leave me alone. Like I always forgot about or something. So he was already like kind of angry. I didn't do anything. And then I secretly started working on it because I was like, okay, I need to work on something. So I learned how to use a program. So then I, I made up this um arrangement for the song and then I recorded it and then it was like a surprise for my dad oh what a nice gift did he love it yeah he was really surprised he was like so happy I did that for him oh what a great gift oh lucky yeah. lucky dad lucky father but now my mom's like so what are you gonna and I'm like well, next crowdfunding campaign, you can order it. <laughs> exactly. This isn't free, you know, done with love. But um, oh, that's wonderful. That's such a lovely story. Um, Mirna, well, thank you so much for coming on the jazz session and for chatting with me. <laughs> thank you very much for inviting me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to hearing the new album in a couple of years. Let me know when <laughs> it's out, okay? And then we'll have you back. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much. Dance me to your beauty with the burning violin. Dance me through the panic till I'm gathered safely in. Lift me like an olive branch and be my homeward dove. Dance me. See you moving like they do in Babylon. 
you to this week's guest, Mirna Bogdanovich. You can find Mirna's album Confrontation wherever you get your music. And as always, I will make a note of the tracks played during this week's episode in the show notes on the website and on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please do rate and review the show if you wish. It takes two seconds to color in a bunch of stars and it helps other people find the show, which would be wonderful. The more listeners, the merrier. Thank you to the Respect Sextet for the theme music. Find out more about them at respectsextet.com. A huge thank you to the Patreon members who make this show possible and to all the listeners who tune in week after week. You can find me on Twitter at JazzSesh and on Facebook and Instagram at The Jazz Session. There is also a YouTube page where you can watch, yes, actually see video excerpts from my interviews with all of this season's guests. Thank you for tuning in this week and I look forward to seeing you next week for another conversation with a jazz musician about their music, how they create and why they create. I'm Nikki Schreira and you've been listening to The Jazz Sessions. <laughs>